And today's message is this banner right here. We're on the last of our series in December. Rediscovering Christmas. And this one is the only one we have not yet covered. Appreciate Brother Turpin from Colorado Springs preaching last Sunday in our absence. And how many of you were blessed by Brother Turpin? Say amen. I appreciate Brother Turpin's message on joy. And we've already covered peace and hope. And today we wrap it up with love. And how many of you have ever heard me preach about love? Say amen. So it really is something that is an inexhaustible subject. Inexhaustible. But I really like the bottom line of this banner. Notice what it says. Finding love in our differences. Maybe in the back you can't read it. Well, I'll just hold it up for you. See there? In our differences. Do you see anybody nearby that's different than you? Raise your hand if you see somebody different than you. How many of you would love to be at a place where everybody's you? Wouldn't get along with ourselves very well, would we? I mean, if I standing next to myself, I'd say, dude, you need to cut back on the feet a little bit. Getting a little wide there in the middle section. I would start a war with myself, much less having a whole church full of me. <laughs> Finding love in our differences. So I want you to notice what Revelation 7, 9 says. He says, after these things I looked, and behold, there were about 200 wealthy, spoiled Americans who were standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They all called Calvary their church home. Is that what it says? Surprise, surprise. Come on, everybody. Not just your little friendly clique. Ain't just y'all going to heaven. I believe you're going to be more in heaven than you ever expected. <laughs> Look what it says. A great multitude, which no one could number. Now, a lot of times the Bible does give us massive numbers. But this time he says no one can number. So here's who it is. Everybody say, who's there? Knock, knock, who's there? All nations... Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. What about the nations that didn't have internet? What about the nations that didn't have superhighways? What about the third world nations? It says all nations, all tribes, all peoples, and tongues. You talk about love in our differences. This is the way it's going to be in heaven. And it isn't just going to be people speaking English. It isn't going to be people that just look like you look right now. All nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues. Standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Clothed with white robes. Palm branches in their hands. Let's go ahead and let's get rehearsed for what if you're going to be there, now if you're not, then you can just sit back down and relax. The rest of us are going to rehearse. Let's go. Ready for this quote? With a loud voice saying, let's go. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne 
and to the Lamb. One more time, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Are y'all ready for heaven? I say, Lord, even so come. Even so come, Lord Jesus, finding love in our differences. Finding love in our differences. In Jesus' name. You're welcome to take your seats. Jesus' name. Everybody say love. Everybody who's ever felt love, say love. Now, you know, best place to turn to find out what love is, is the Wall Street Journal. This is their attempt to help the reader understand love. Neuroscience has discovered the heart has very little to do with romance. For accuracy, you should send your main squeeze a Valentine's Day card with the image of a squishy gray blob, evocative of a rotting cauliflower, the brain, because that's where romance really resides. Instead of saying, I love you, the knowledgeable lover would say, darling, dopamine floods my caudus nucleus every time I look at you. I'll give you one more. You romantics, you can maybe quote this. Darling, dopamine floods my caudate nucleus every time I look at you. Love and attraction are all tangled in the convoluted wiring of the brain. So what is love? Well, of course, we turn to neuroscience. Neuroscience tells us love is a condition involving neurons, neurotransmitters, hormones, receptors, and circuits in your brain. Cognitive science defines passionate love as an elevated activity in the brain pathways which cause feelings of euphoria, strong motivation, heightened energy, which can induce sleeplessness, loss of appetite, and obsessive thinking about the beloved. Thank you very much, Cognitive Science, Neuroscience, and the Wall Street Journal for that. And now we have moved no further ahead than we were before. Truly, what is love? Now, do you remember two weeks ago? Two weeks ago, I preached about peace. Does anybody remember the metaphorical situation that I used to describe peace in the midst of a peaceless reality? Does anybody remember besides my wife? What, what, what analogy did I use? Does anybody remember besides my wife? Does anybody remember that analogy? Thank you. Who said that? Brother Benson? That's right. How many of you remember now it was an airplane? How many of you weren't here? How many of you don't care? <laughs> Now, I've got, a, I've got one for love, okay? I've got one for love that is kind of like that because I like to think of when you're in an airplane, you're in the middle of a hostile environment, you need a pressurized cabin. You need peace in the midst of the storm. You need peace in the midst of turmoil and conflict. When you have God inside, then everything is fine. It passes understanding, right? Now, what about love? The Lord gave me this one right at the last minute today because I was praying, Lord, what is a really good metaphor and analogy for love? And I, want, I don't just want this kind of scientific, not neuroscience love. What, what about your love, God? 
what's a really good way for us to understand love? Now, how many of you can think of a verse that has love in it right now? Raise your hand. Slowly, hands are going up. Verses with love. John 3.16. Good one, right? John 3.16. For God so loved the world. Who's the world? All nations, tribes, tongues, and peoples. <laughs> For God so loved the world. But, but I've got to just slow us down right there and tell you that just because God so loves the world doesn't mean God approves the world. So there's a difference. Right? It doesn't say God so approved the world that he gave his only begotten, but it God so loved the world. So you can't just say, okay, John 3.16, now I can go live my life however I want, doing whatever I think is right. I'm my own ruler, my own king, my own lawyer. I can do whatever I want. I can just make up the rules as I go. You can't do that. Well, no, 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 don't fall back on for God so loved the world as a kind of a scripture that gives you license for your own complete freedom to be who you want to be and do what you want to do and go where you want to go and say what you want to say and destroy your own body in the process. That is not at all what John 3.16 is about. Now, to help, I think, understand a little bit better about this kind of love, I like, I like analogies to point something out as quickly as possible, like the airplane last two weeks ago about peace. Peace on the inside pushes out on the outside world and gives us a livable environment. How many of you are thankful for the peace of God that passes understanding? How many of you have the peace of the Lord in your heart today? And it's the Holy Spirit. It's the peace of God. It's the power of God that comes through Christ in you. The hope of glory. Praise God. So let's talk about the love of God for a minute and, and not draw this out forever. But this is something that I believe the Lord gave me on a last-minute basis. Let me move this over, make sure everybody can see the screen, and I'll move it back in a second. Now, right now, I'd just like to see how many of you ever heard of satellite radio? Raise your hand. You all know what satellite radio is? Most everybody? Okay. Just because you're looking down and not paying attention, I guess I can't really count on that being an answer. But, but if you've ever heard of satellite radio, it's very interesting. It's a very, it's a very pervasive technology. You can run from it, but you can't hide from it. It's everywhere. There are global technologies of satellites over the entire world. Networks of satellites that are, that are all over, orbiting around the earth, and they see with cameras and with communications and with radios and, and, and beaming of technology, there is coverage around the earth. Well, the Lord, when I, Brother Randy, when I was praying today about the love of God, the Lord brought XM, Sirius XM radio to my mind. Everybody who is subscribed to at least one XM, Sirius XM satellite radio. Raise your, would you please stand? Would you please stand if you got Sirius XM? Okay, a few of us. Look at that. We got a few of us with Sirius XM. Now, if you're not standing, trust me, it's okay. You're not really missing anything. It's just cool. And sometimes it's very handy to have the news wherever you go and not have to worry about it 
ever fading away. And there's Fox News on there. And there's Patriot on there. And there's, there's The Message. And there's Enlighten. And there's Kirk Franklin. Now, now watch. Watch this. The next thing I want to show you is Sirius XM's coverage of the north, northern hemisphere. Footprint of the satellite that covers the United States of America, North America, and Mexico. That's a lot of area right there. Did you know that my God owns every square inch of that? How about that, folks? Aren't you glad you serve a God who owns it all, okay? <laughs> and, and this is just a modern invention to see the amazing prolific and, and the, the power of technology to blanket the earth, at least the north, northern hemisphere and from sea to shining sea and from north to south of the, of the North American continent, Sirius XM. Now, let's back up. I want to just make sure everybody understands this. When you are sitting in your seat right now where you are, how many of you can hear Sirius XM satellite going right now? Raise your hand. Right now, you hear it. But do you know it's there? You could tune in right now if you had the right hardware, if you had a radio, you could tune in. You could, you could go wherever from north, south, east, west, and you could hear. But let me just tell you, even if you can hear it, everybody gets access to preview channel one, regardless of who you are. If you have an XM satellite radio, if you have it in your car, if you have it in your home, wherever you have it, you can listen to preview channel. But you can't get to those other 300 channels until you become a subscriber. So I wanna hear it today for the people who know what it means to subscribe to the love of God. Oh, come on now. Now, y'all start catching what I'm saying, all right? The love of God covers the world from pole to pole and all around the equator. The love of God is something you cannot run away from. You can't get too high for it or too low for it. You can't run to the highest mountain or dive to the deepest sea. But where you go, there is the presence and the power of the love of God. So here's what I've got to make sure you understand, brothers and sisters. Just because the love of God and he loved the whole world that he gave his only begotten son does not mean that and everybody is a subscriber. Just remember that when you think of the love of God from now on. Love of God is greater. Yes, we love to sing that, don't we? We love to sing about how great is our God and his great love. We love to sing about his powerful love that reaches for us. We love to sing about his all-consuming, reckless love and how it will chase me down and fight till I'm found. And it'll kick down walls and it'll do all the stuff the song says. Absolutely, it'll reach wherever you are. But you have to be a subscriber. You have to be a subscriber. That's why the Bible tells us, keep yourself in the love of God. You've got to be a subscriber. That's why the Bible tells us in 1 John 5, 3, 
It says this. Did you all hear that? Was that serious, XM? First John 5, 3. Does anybody see this verse? And the precious team in the back, they're, they're like, these scriptures are nowhere in pastor's notes. <laughs> but what does it say? Let's read it together. For this is the love. Here's what we're preaching about today. For this is the love. I'm not talking about love from you because love from you and me has boundaries, limitations, and conditions. We're human and we're fickle. If you fall in love, you'll fall out of love just as fast. If you depend on the fall. I've seen a lot of people depend on the fall and they fall out of it just as quick as they fell into it. You can't depend on the fall. <laughs> That's why we don't do any marriages, any weddings here, except that want my help, my officiation, unless we teach them the principles of marriage. They're a very intentional course of training because we don't want people just to fall in love and get married. We want them to fall in love and get committed to the love process and understand what real love is. So what does this verse say? Let's say it together. Let's read it. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. Can you just raise your hands and thank you? Just say thank you, Lord, that, that you're not holding a big, big whip over my head and you're, don't, you're not about to crack me over the skull with a two by four. No, your commandments are not burdensome. Lord, we thank you for being the ultimate gentleman and for inviting us into the love of God. Lord, I praise you for your love today. I praise you for that love. What causes my heart the greatest grief is that there are individuals here and watching who are in a place where the love of God is received and can be received, but you're not subscribed. You got to go to www.seriousxm.com and you got to pay them about $12 a month per radio. Sometimes there's promotions for a little less than that, but you can't just turn it on and expect it to be free. Oh, but the love of God is free. Well, yes, it's free, but there are, what does the Bible say? That we keep His commandments. If you want the love of God to be permeating your life, saturating you, changing you, filling you, letting you be filled with the Spirit and overflowing with the tongues of, of the Holy Spirit as the baptism happens in your life, can I tell you, you must be a subscriber. We've got to get a hold of that powerful message this morning that the love of God is not just free for all, willy-nilly, who, whoever wants it gets it for, 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 for free. No. There's no such thing. I'm just thankful for a revelation today the Lord gave me quickly over satellite reception. You gotta keep yourself in the love of God. You gotta keep his commandments. You've gotta be a subscriber. But his subscription is not too expensive. His subscription isn't real out of range and reach. It's a matter of us coming to a compliance with his word and obedience to what he says for us to do. Can somebody join me and say amen and amen? 
Now, please, let me, let me just put a pin in that thought and come right back to it as we wrap this message up today. Because I would really love it for everyone to flood the altars of your own hearts with a desperation for the love of God to flow in you. Because I'm going to tell you, that preview channel will not get you to heaven. The love of God will not get you to heaven. Can I tell you, the love of God will only get you to heaven if you keep his commandments? Is this making pretty good sense so far? It's an analogy, but it's a really good one because it comes from a heavenly perspective of, of, of earth coverage, wirelessly. Where we sit right now, there is... We're right in the middle of the glorious coverage of Sirius XM. But I don't hear any Fox News playing right now. No, I don't hear any of that, that Laugh USA going right now. I don't hear any of that, that enlightened Cathedral's Quartet singing right now. I don't hear Kirk Franklin singing his heart out, an awesome gospel channel. You know why I don't? Because I am not wired to hear it right now. But that doesn't matter. It's still here. The love of God is right there. Wherever you are. And you can get wired right now by subscribing to the powerful, glorious gospel of Jesus Christ and the plan of salvation, which is that which gives you full subscription for the rest of your life and you have to die daily on a constant basis we have to keep ourselves in the love of God does this make sense how many of you feel a little sense of urgency to pray for God to make sure you're in his love today and that his love is in you today anybody feel that God don't let us live a life that is absent your love when it's all around us why would I want to live that way when all I got to do is just line up to what his word says and do it? And it's not hard. It's not grievous. It's not burdensome. All I got to do is just say, God, I want to surrender to you. I bow my knee before you and I call on you to be my God and my Lord. And I call on you as my forgiving King of Kings. Won't you bow your heads and let's lift a hand and thank him right now. God, I'm thanking you in advance for somebody in this service that did not expect to come under the influence of your powerful love. But they're going to come under that influence before this service is over. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray, God, for you to work a work that is unexpected, that is undeniable. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There's a model church in the New Testament. In fact, the New Testament is where we get the model for the church of the 21st century. It's in the New Testament. I thank God for the New Testament, and I thank God for the Old Testament. The Old Testament is the foreshadowing. It is the, it is the projection of the symbology of the reality of the New Testament. 
And, and if you want to know what a real good church looks like, then I invite you to draw your attention to a model church in the New Testament. This model church teaches sustainability, security, and strength, even right now in the 21st century. And that church is the church that was in the metropolitan area of Ephesus. You have a book in your Bible called Ephesians. And Ephesians 4, 14 through 16 says, We should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men. How many of you know that men love to trick people? Trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. I don't want to do that. God, get me out of that kind of religion. But speaking the truth in what? Speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head. Christ, from whom the whole body, the body of Christ, joined and knit together by whatever joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself. In, everybody say love. Can you look at your neighbor without, without it being your husband or wife and tell them I love you? With an Ephesus love? That was pretty well timed because it woke a few folks back up. Now, how could it be that such a church as this one in Metro Ephesus, founded with the intense and radical transformation in Acts 19, okay? Here's where it all started. started. Acts 19, Apollos was at Corinth. Paul, the apostle, passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. This is Acts 19. Listen to this radical transformation in these guys' lives that began. This was what we call a church launch. I want to see a launch like this in West Side. Brother and Sister Valdez, education and training and event center in Jesus' name. How about this? Could we get a few folks having passed through the west side of Denver and finding out that we have some prayer meetings scheduled and Bible studies coming? We've been distributing our love and our, our kindness to the neighborhood. We're going to walk over there. We're going to drive over there. We're going to kneel down and pray. And then we're going to look around and we're going to say, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? <laughs> this is how it happened in Ephesus. So the people in Ephesus said, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, unto, then what were you, unto what then were you baptized? They said, we were baptized the best we knew, which was into John's baptism. But then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance. But don't forget, he said to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized. Brother and Sister Valdez, we might better get a baptistry ready over at your event center in Jesus' name. Hey, I'm expecting miracles, signs, and wonders, and people being filled with the Holy Ghost on the west side. How about the east side, the north side, the south side? I believe God's got revival waiting for anybody and everybody who's willing to be like the Apostle Paul. God, help us all to be apostles. That's why we're an apostolic church. 
We want to be apostolic like the apostle Paul. When they heard this, they were baptized. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And they spoke with tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men. How could it be that such a church with those beginnings and a church that had such intense diversity? Everybody see the bottom of this chart, this, this banner? Differences? You're like, what do you mean, diversity? You have no idea what kind of diversity was represented in Ephesus. Like I said, it was a center of commerce. It was one of the, one of the main areas of the world known to the then known world as a gateway for commerce. The long-standing ethnic issues were abounding in Ephesus. There was a Jew and a Gentile history of conflict. The founding couple, Priscilla and Aquila, and the first pastor, Timothy, they were in mixed race families. Finding love in our differences. There was differing religions and differing spiritual baggage. There were synagogue Jews, secular Jews, hostile university Greeks, John the Baptist disciples, magic art occultists, and fertility cult worshipers. I count at least six sharply diverging demographics that all find themselves in the church in Ephesus. What in the world is God up to? I'm gonna tell you, my God is greater than the diversity of the world. He brings us together. Woo! Can I tell you, that's not all. There were multiple levels of economy. There were wealthy Romans. There were refugees from persecution. There were university students and leaders. And there were fraudulent religious opportunists. All there for a piece of the pie. Boy, I, I don't know. Maybe I'd rather come to Calvary than go to Ephesus Church. <laughs> There were personality types that were all over the map in Ephesus. Tough-minded intellectuals, sick individuals and their families, manipulative schemers. There were enthusiasts and ecstatics. And there was even a youthful and insecure pastor whose name was Timothy. <laughs> You're like, hmm, maybe the more I think of it, I'm not ready to go to Ephesus. You talk about a church. Had an amazing start, but had so much difference. So many diversities. And that's not all. There were conversion experiences that were unique to everyone. There were, there were experiences with the Holy Ghost that there was different. And there was, there was power of the Holy Ghost that was poured out in their lives in different ways and different places and different scenarios. Some of them spoke in tongues like we saw at the beginning. And we know to be filled with the Spirit of God, you speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives the, utter the utterance. As you read the book of Ephesus, you find out that there was extended argument, there was debate, there was miraculous healing, liberation from demons. God moved in special ways all through the church in Ephesus. Many escaped religious bondage, and there was a second generation believer by the name of Timothy leading it all. How could it be that such a church coached for unity by the most influential apostle in your Bible? He coached them. How many of you want a unity coach? You know, a unity coach is about what we need in a pastor. is to keep us all coached for unity. And Apostle Paul, the best apostle of the Bible, most influential except for Jesus himself. 
If I had time, I could go through so many verses. Let me read a couple. Here's Ephesians 4.25. He said, put away falsehood. falsehood. Let all of us speak the truth to our neighbors, for we are all members of one another. You see the unity coach going here? Come on, y'all. Let's all get together on this. Let's be unified. He said, be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Do not make room for the devil. Unity coach is speaking here. He said, let no evil talk come out of your mouths. Anybody let evil talk come out of your mouth this week? You need to join me. Let's pray for God to forgive us. It's easy to have evil talk come out of our mouths when we don't even mean for it to. But Paul said, listen, let's get on the same page, all you bunch of diverse people. All you different races, all you different nationalities, all you different economic statuses. All of you, let's get on the same page. Let no evil talk come out of your mouth, but only what is useful for building up. How can I build you up, Brother Petonis? Have you ever asked your neighbor, how can I build you up, Brother Lloyd? Brother Gladison, how can I build you up? I want to build you up. When you walk up and start speaking to a friend or a family member or somebody from Calvary, you should start thinking, how can I build this person up? How many of you, your first thought is, how can I tear them down? Let no evil talk come out of your mouth, but only what is useful for building up. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit, the Bible says. That's what Paul told them. Paul's telling the church in Ephesus, put away from you bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling and slander, together with all malice, and be kind to one another. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. I could go on and on and on. He goes on and he says, peace be to the whole community. Love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, on and on. They're the best. They've got the best coach for unity. How could it be that this church of Ephesus is found so grossly deficient in the most critical area of all when it comes time for an audit from Jesus Christ? Ephesians church is the quintessential, the example apostolic church. Folks, can I just, let me just tell you, it was the church in Ephesus that was referred to when they said, this movement has turned the world upside down. That was the Ephesus church. That church is praised by Jesus Christ for its works, its patience, its faithfulness, its knowledge of God's word, and its separation from sin. But watch the scathing audit that brought them into account for a blindness after about 40 years of existence. We have had 65. 25 years ago would have been this time for us to receive this audit from Jesus Christ. This is found in Revelation 2, 1 through 6. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, these things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Ephesus, listen up. This is you. Here's what he's about to say. He said, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil, and you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them to be liars. And you have persevered and have 
patience and have labored for my namesake and have not become weary. It's a good testimony, isn't it? Thank you, Jesus. Oh, please stop there. Nope, God says I got more. Next verse, nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. You have left your first love. How can it be that such a church had literally walked right out of the bandwidth of the love of God, stepped away, so busy doing good things, they had no time to love and to worship Jesus Christ. So busy with their Sunday lunch plans, so busy with the holidays, so busy with family, they walked out of the love of God. Are y'all reading that with me? I hope you're feeling a little bit of what I was feeling as the Lord was shining the light of his, of his, of his audit on my heart. Studying and praying for this message and for you to hear it today. Lord, I don't want this to be my audit. They lost their love for God. Doing this, they lacked love in their prayers. It's possible to have loveless prayers. To pray prayers that are just routine, they're out of schedule, we just have to do it because this is what we always do. But there's no love. They lost their love for God and doing that, they had a loveless witness for the world around them. Just out of routine, maybe handing a church card out and thinking they're done. Loveless witness. And then this is one of the worst ones right here. They had loveless perfection. I want you to think about that. Loveless perfection. Can I tell you, brothers and sisters, it's possible to be perfect in our ways, but not perfect in God's ways. It's perfect. It's, it's, a, it's a scenario that catches us and makes us feel like I've checked all the boxes. I'm fine. I'm good. I've done all I'm supposed to. Now I'm great. God's going to reward me. And God says, you left your first love. I want you to love me before you love anything else. I want you to love me before you love your own righteousness. Don't love your righteousness until you love my righteousness. Don't love your own perfection until you've loved my perfection. God, don't let us be guilty of loveless perfection. <laughs> I believe perfect love for God will lead us to perfect living for God. But Lord, don't let me walk away from the love of Christ. Y'all, are y'all catching what I'm saying? That it's possible to be at church for 40 years. And I'm going to say by extension, it's possible to be a church for 65 years. Let me preach what I'm, my, my pastor's heart is today for a congregation this last Sunday of the year. 
It's possible for us to be a church that has perfection and that has worship and that has preaching and music and has all these things going, even our outreach and our witness, but to do it all without the love of God. If we are guilty of that, then we've got to hear what God told the church in Ephesus to get it all fixed and get it put right and get it turned around. God had a remedy and he always has a remedy for those of us who are willing to let our hearts be bare before him and to present ourselves as teachable before him. You know what he said? He said in verse number five, remember therefore from where you have fallen. Woo. Don't forget the height Don't forget the blessing. Don't forget the things that have happened. And don't forget how wonderful it is when you're able to now to bow before him wherever you may be, in your own prayer closet, in your car, maybe somewhere in a break on work, and just be able to bow your knee before him and remember. Don't, rem- don't forget the power of God's love as you begin to let the tears flow. And the Spirit of God overwhelms you and you speak with other tongues and your life is transformed and your decisions are changed and your lifestyle is changed. He says, repent and do the first works. Repent and do the first works or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place. And he repeats himself. Unless... You repent. Okay. So, what comes first? What comes first? Repentance or love? Think about this for a minute. What comes first? Repentance or love? I'm going to tell you what came first. The satellites turned on their signal and bathed the earth. Yes, that came first, didn't it? But there's only one way to be able to activate and appreciate and to participate. And that is for you to subscribe. So here we are right back to where I left you with the pen in it. If you want to be a subscriber, we've got to hear what the Lord told Ephesus you got to get away from being a loveless person and come right back to me. Let's be a love-filled church. Can I tell you, if you don't have the love of God, then you can pray all you want, fast all you want. That's right. You can do all these things. But if you don't repent, meaning change your mind again, and come back to the very beginning, the first works. You know what the first works mean? That means you're willing to be like a little child and go back to where you were when you first were born again and say, God, I'm ready for it to all happen again. God, I got to have it all over again. I can't be satisfied with what happened 10 years ago. I can't be satisfied with what happened five years ago or two years ago. Lord, I want to keep myself in the love of God. How many of you are subscribed to the love today? Do y'all want to stay subscribed?